Hi, this is Cinda Williams, and I am so excited to tell you about the PPC experience. My two musician friends, Johnny Whiteside and Donald Draft Jr., decided that they wanted to put some music behind some of the excerpts from my book. So we sat down, recorded, and had such a good time. Did a little bit of singing, and we recorded a song called Never Thought. So I hope you guys go to Spotify, Apple, wherever Audible books are sold, including Audible, and check it out. That's the PPC Experience. Thank you so much. Cindy Williams here, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 34 of the PPC Podcast. Lately, I've been considering how to be more active in my communities. And on that note, let's get on with it. When I was little, my paternal grandfather amazed me. He was a bigger-than-life character for so many. He'd been making moves to change lives for years by the time I was born. He personally hung out and knew Dr. Martin Luther King's family when Martin was just a boy. By then, he was already going head-to-head with the KKK and the conservative right-wing politicians in his communities that he pastored in. I'll never forget the time when he was running for mayor in the small town of Muncie, Indiana. One day after church, there was a commotion as the congregation started to exit. and We all flowed outside and saw the Ku Klux Klan marching through the streets. And when they saw my grandfather standing there, they started throwing eggs at him along with racial epithets. I remember looking at my grandfather's reaction He stood there like a king with his head tilted up in a regal profile. This was an activist before me. I was never prouder. My guest today, Kenyan journalist, activist, and filmmaker, shares his story of activism. Everybody, introducing Douglas Rory. Rory, welcome to the PPC podcast. How are you today? Um, I'm fine. I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> well, Douglas, we met recently. You um, you are a very charismatic, outgoing guy that uh, I was very impressed with, very proactive um, in, in California. So can you first tell us where you came from and where you originate from and about yourself, tell us about yourself. Oh yeah, it's 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 been a long, long, long journey. So I'm I'm originally from uh, Africa, Kenya, and um, so 
to start, um, I'm an independent activist journalist uh, slash filmmaker and uh, humanitarian. So um, um, I don't know where to start, but uh, I think I can start uh, uh, back in uh, 2007. Okay. So 2007, uh, I was uh, fortunate uh, to work with uh, like uh, more than 30 journalists uh, from all over the world who were coming to Nairobi for the World Social Forum. And uh, we were working under uh, an umbrella of uh, uh, independent activist journalists. And uh, yeah, so it's called uh, In The Media. So it's a platform for independent journalists and activists. So basically what we were doing, we were setting up uh, two radio stations, two community radio stations. Uh, one in uh, a university called Maseno, that's in, the, that's in the Nyanza part of Kenya. And another one, it was on the World Social Forum uh, at uh, um, um, Kasarani, where the, 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 the social forum was happening. And uh, I was there helping, uh, there is a guy, um, a technician, um, from a, a, an organization called Prometheus, which are like a, is which specializes in community radios. So uh, I was helping him up to get material and everything he needs to uh, build those radio stations. And uh, while we were doing that, um, um, for the thirty journalists who were there, I met this uh, guy. He was like uh, really cool, and uh, he was there also to facilitate. Uh, consensus. Uh, so uh, the guy's name is called uh, C.T. Rollins Butler, and uh, C.T. Rollins Butler is the co-founder of uh, Food Not Bomber. Food Not Bomb is a social network movement which started here in the U.S. in Massachusetts in 1980 because uh, the, the anti-nuclear activists were really tired uh, of the American government uh, using a lot of money into weapons of mass destruction. And there are people who are like uh, displaced, who don't even have food. So the main idea was like uh, they were collecting, recovering food, you know, and uh, go feed people uh, in the in the parks and in front of the banks, you know, just to raise that awareness, you know, uh, money for food, not bombs. So every time they should take. Uh, uh, the, 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 the recovered food to the parks to feed people, guys could be like, hey, hey, here is food, not bombs. So the statement was so long, they reduced it to food, not bomb. So um, after we finished like uh, working, so city, uh, uh, apart from uh, the facilitating of consensus, uh, we did uh, a screen printing and I also helped him to get material, t-shirts, and we did like a four color screen printing and uh, we printed uh, T-shirts, and uh, he was like really amazed because this is not something which was on uh, on the list. So he just came up with it, and they managed to gather funds, you know, from the guys out there. And uh, it was actually the last thing, and we were heading to Maseno from Nairobi, and we managed to do it, but City didn't make it to Maseno, so he came back to the U.S. So me and the other guys, we went to Maseno. So City, when he came back to the U.S., I kept in touch with him. And he was like, you know what, uh, Douglas, uh, I would like to work. Uh, do you have ideas how we can work together? But I have idea how we can work together. And that time, I was planning a trip to go to Switzerland because uh, I was uh, also uh, the previous, before the World Social Forum, 
I had already participated in a COP. I think it was COP 16, Climate Change, the United Nations. And I met these uh, activists uh, from uh, Switzerland. Um, so they were, they, were, they, were, they were inviting me to Switzerland. So um, during the process of trying to get a visa and stuff like that, City told me like we can work together. And uh, I, I, I asked him like, what is your suggestion? He was like, okay, I work with this. Uh, this is an organization I founded. And I would like you to start a chapter, like uh, a Nairobi Food Not Bomb chapter. And uh, that's how everything started. So city facilitated everything. And we started, like I started by feeding uh, like uh, people. Um, so basically what I was doing, uh, it's like the way the UN has. UN has like four faces, like uh, they feed like uh, people, uh, like school children, uh, people with HIV AIDS, uh, uh, people in the semi-arid areas uh, and uh, refugees. So what I did, I started with school children. Uh, I could take you no know, food to school children in the slums like Kibira, Madare, Korogocho, and these are like the big slums in Kenya. And uh, uh, once we uh, we feed them, uh, I could teach them photography and uh, filmmaking. So this is one of my way of giving back to the community rather than, you know, working for big NGOs like United Nations and Cooperative like Pacola. And then that's it, you know, so I saw it twice. If I can get money from these NGOs and give back to the community, it could be like really good. So sure. fast forward. Uh -huh. can, can I ask you a question? So because this, yeah. plat this platform is, is really a, a self-help platform. So mm -hmm. how did you manage to, first of all, become a journalist, an activist journalist? and make that decision. Did you have anything in your past that prompted you to take this journey? Because there's a million and one jobs that you could have chosen. You know, you could have done a lot of things that help your people. What made you choose this? Okay, um, first of all, like uh, when I was growing up, you know, um, I used to be like, uh, I used to like watching TV a lot, you know. I could watch uh, like, uh, you know, they were like, um, comedies like different strokes you know Arnold mm -hmm. and um, and the Jeffersons and uh, you know like these are and also there was like a street street uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air you know with me right. you know these right. are the, the the programs which I I grew up watching you know so I, I usually I really used to admire you know how people do that the production and everything people like uh, the Wayans brothers you know so and um, I really wanted to be in TV. So uh, when uh, when I finished school, my mom was like, you know, you have uh, to think, you know, you have to go to college and you have to choose like what you will do, you know. And uh, automatically I knew like what I wanted to do. I told him I want to do film. He was like, okay, that's what you wanna do. Okay, so uh, we we started hunting for colleges and stuff like that. So I remember the first time I went to film school in Nairobi and uh, I was like uh, uh, the principal, I was like, I want to come here and learn uh, the film principle so that if I go out there, break them, I know what I'm doing. And the principal was like, Douglas, you're in the right place. So automatically I knew this is what I wanted to do. So then I started uh, filming and uh, luckily after college, uh, I got internship in one of the biggest uh, broadcasting, Eastern Central Africa, Kenya Broadcasting Corporation, where like, um, I had like a uh, hands-on experience, you know, touching, you know, I remember the first time I saw a camera, it 
had so many battles and I was like can I ever can I will I ever manage to operate this but one year down the line I was operating you know all those big cameras there and uh, it was like really fun so the reason why I started uh, uh, activism is um, I remember after internship uh, I was basically poached so there was this guy um he was a uh, um he he's called Campbell David Campbell and uh he's from uh I think London so he there is a director of photography who was going to come shoot a, a TV series called Makutano Junction and the reason why they got me it's like the camera with this guy bought uh it's it, it's it's like in two media houses KBC and uh, another two uh, 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 broadcasting house. So he wanted someone who has an idea of operating that camera. And that's the camera I, 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 I happened to operate in KBC. That's, the, that's how I got this job. So I remember when I went there, um, I had a t-shirt. I had a t-shirt, uh, it was written, uh, it, it's from Osama, and it was written, Dead Man Walking. So there is a time I wore that uh, t-shirt to the set, and there was this uh, set, uh, this lady um, also from uh, London, she was like, uh, Douglas, you're an activist. So for me, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, uh, And when I went back, you know, to my room like that night, and uh, it was just a t-shirt. I bought this t-shirt because it had like a good message. So it hit me, oh, okay, I'm a, I'm a walking billboard, you know? So I am advertising stuff like that, you know? So um, that way I decided, you know, to start, you know, like I'm getting t-shirts, you know, like messages, you know, trying to, with messages with, to uplift with uh, cause, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So, and uh, that way, um, so I got uh, um, to Greenpeace now. Uh, the second uh, job I got, it was 2006. Um, I was uh, commissioned to do an environmental documentary with Greenpeace. So I started learning about uh, environment, activism, because Greenpeace, they were fighting oceans, you know, like uh, plastics in the ocean and stuff like that. So everything like, um, that's how I started getting into activism, you know, working with NGOs. So every time an NGO commissions me, like Oxfam, so whatever they're doing, like uh, I get in touch with it, you know, like, uh, and uh, I, I could document, you know, get pictures which like tell stories, you know, for activism and uh, like a uh, campaigning change and stuff like that. So can I um, ask you? So let me ask you this. So um, what of all the things that you've done in activism and all the the causes that you've supported, which one came closest to being personal for you? Because you can be a caring people, a caring person, and help a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons, but oftentimes someone finds themselves focusing on specifically one thing or really uh, uh, being attached to a cause because of their own lives. Could you express um, which yeah. one, maybe? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, um, um, it's like after I did Food Not Bomb, then I registered like, uh, it was kind of hard, you know, uh, Food Not Bomb is a movement. And uh, one rule they have, like, they don't ask the government permission to feed people. So for me, it was like really hard to get funding and also to do the work I wanted to do back in Kenya because of the government and stuff like that. So at some point I had to register because uh, 
they they usually ask you do you have a permit to do this and uh, if you're raising money um, like uh, are you doing it like is it legally is it like registered you know otherwise they'll charge you with uh, uh, obtaining money with false pretense so what i did uh, now Keita, the co-founder again came to kenya and uh, we wrote down everything i needed uh, to register the organization and uh, we mobilized funds and I, I scored funding and i registered an ngo called a welfare kenya so basically these are welfare kenya is something like uh, i really hold here because uh, um, what we do is like a food waste so there is a lot of food going to waste, you know, in the table, you know, so like we like uh, just put enough what you can finish, you know, then uh, you can have reserves, you know, like uh, for tomorrow. And also there is a lot of uh, uh, food going to waste in the fields during harvest, in the granaries. Uh, and there's so, so many people who are like homeless to have food and even families, I've seen families struggling, they can't even put like a three meals uh, a day in a table so for me i think that's like really really important because uh, if uh, if a country can't feed their people it's a failed state you know and uh, so another thing we do uh it's like a food security because every time in kenya like january there is uh more of like a drought in semi-arid places and uh, kenya has like one uh, one cash crop that's maize and they will do garlic and we're trying to teach farmers like uh, we partner with uh, you know specialists uh, to teach farmers a uh, modern farming stuff like uh, drip irrigation greenhouses you know so that they don't depend on uh, rain-fed agriculture and also they should have like so many you know not only maize they should uh, have uh, uh, stuff like cassava you know and other other you know other crops you know that's Just amazing. For security, you know? Yeah. So, so let me ask you this, uh, Douglas, because uh, unfortunately, this is just a short interview. We're introducing you. You're going to come back next week for the radio show. But um, what brought you to the United States uh, recently? So, um, in 2020. So, uh, when I started uh, doing this, city wanted uh, the the main idea. City was like. Uh, I was in Kenya and I want to bring you to the United States. So he invited me 2015, but I couldn't make it because there were so many things which were happening. My dad passed on then and I had to move from the house which I was we were sharing, you know, and uh, it wasn't the right time. So uh, Kate, uh, Food Not Bomb was celebrating a uh, 40th anniversary since it started 1980. That was 2020. So I was invited uh, by the Santa Cruz Food Not Bomb, which is like made the, the, the more of like, it's not an eddy quarter, like the biggest one where like uh, everything happens. They feed like every day. So they had an event. It was like a big concert. And um, I was invited to go talk to like 10,000 people. Like my experience, how I started Food Not Bomb back in Kenya and the challenges which I faced. So um, I got a visa in September, like uh, 20, 2019, but I didn't travel because uh, the event was uh, May 2020. So um, I remember it was December. Uh, so I got this visa September and I was still back in Kenya. It was because I said like, uh, I might come maybe April, you know, because the event is in May. So then, um, uh, my friend asked me, you, you have a visa, what are you doing here? If I get this visa, 
the next hit I'll be in the US. You don't want to go to the US? I was like, uh, my event is not even like, it's really like very far. And I, I went, I thought about that thing and uh, I was like, okay. Yeah. So I'm wasting time here. Yeah, I should at least pack my bags and leave. And I think that was the, uh, the best idea I, I made because uh, if I didn't come uh, like February, because uh, I landed in, uh, in New York like 31st, and uh, I went to uh, Sacramento, uh, the, the Sacramento Valley Chico, uh, like on the first. Then I was there for like one week in Chico. I went to Portland. Uh, coming back to Chico, the first case of COVID was announced in Washington, D.C. Wow. So, yeah, so if I didn't get, if I didn't, if I waited until April, I could have not entered wow. the U.S. Because wow. even in the... Because even in the airport, um, in the port of entry, they were mm. asking me, uh, your event is in May, why are you coming early? I was like, um, I want to get familiar with the, with the area, you know? Because they're like, mm. this is like three months early. I was like, yeah, but you see, the visa is September. I was in Kenya all this time, but now I want to get familiar with the place. So they let me in, and um, after that, it's like everything turned out. I did only one screening in Chico and I was gonna go back to Portland to do another screening. I had a screening I planned in uh, uh, Long Island, Santa Cruz, LA, all these things didn't, didn't happen. And they told me like now, we can't do the event May because we were trying to fundraise. And now with COVID, we can do, because I was there, I, I, I went to Santa Cruz. And when I was there, we were feeding people. We were there was like a, a table on the clock, like where they usually do. And cops, I think the inspector of police came. I was there, and there was a guy who were feeding people. They were like, "Do you guys sanitize? Like this? I see you guys are getting donations. Do you sanitize them?" So me, I didn't even talk because I don't know I'm a foreigner and I didn't, I didn't know what to say. So the guy, he was like, uh, we are not in charge. The person who is in charge is not here. Maybe we talk, the guy is called Kate. So when Kate came, we told him what happened. They were like, you know what? It's not all about sanitizing. Uh, they just want to kick us out of here, you know? And then the next day they came, they were like, there is a lockdown. And I've never had a lot of lockdown. You know, I was like, what's lockdown? Like they're closing the streets, like everything. So my friend was like, Douglas, now it's getting worse because uh, I remember the international flight was already cancelled. So they told me, you know, now they're going to cancel uh, the local domestic flights, you know, and uh, I was in a hotel. So my friend told me, you know what, we don't want to get stuck in a hotel for three months, six months, maybe a year. You don't know how long this thing will take. So he told me to check out the hotel. You know what I did? Mm. I went and dipped myself in the Pacific. The next day, I cancelled, I checked out the hotel and I think Kate was mad. Kate was like, uh, we're trying to, uh, we're trying to, to keep on feeding and uh, we can't be stopped and you seem like you're in holiday. I was like, uh, there is nothing happening here, I don't want to get stuck here. So the next day I took a flight and went to Minnesota. So I was in Minnesota for all that long. Then I took another flight to Pennsylvania. And, uh, so from you've been everywhere, you've been all over the place. Yeah, wow. yeah, and then I came back to California. So, so have you been back home since COVID began? No, 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 no. So like I did, uh, um, I, I was actually stuck here. So um, uh, my friend, uh, I was meant to go back to uh, Portland, you know. 
So my friend told me like, we can still do that. Uh, we can still, because I still have time on my visa, you know. He told me like, we can still do uh, the screening. So we did one in December and um, I was in San Diego. I still wanted to do some screening in San Diego and I still want to do some screening here in LA. So basically what I'm trying to do, I want to promote my work and network. And I feel like I want to do uh, like uh, some production. And that's the reason why I came to LA, you know, because Hollywood, you know. So basically right. what I want to do, I want to take my career international. It wasn't easy for me to work uh, for the United Nations, Coca-Cola back at home, because I worked my ass off like really bad. And I'm, I'm sure it's not going to be easy for me maybe to get to Hollywood, but I'm determined uh, to see if I can put my hands in a movie or something. Ah, we're going to work on that, Douglas. We're going to figure that yeah. out because you're really good. I've no, seen your work. No, I can. Yeah, I can. I can do. I can do uh, productions by myself. But what I'm trying mm-hmm. to do now, I'm trying to create a show reel. You know, like, like uh, I just want that film. I've done TV series. I've done TV commercial documentaries. I just want that movie experience, you know? Right. Then like, I do. Like, a, like, I'll like, a, like, like I said, you, you you just keep your eyes open. Something's going to happen, you know? And who knows? Maybe somebody can help yeah. you. But no, I think that, everything, everything is within reach. Everything is within reach now, like I, like I see. You're here for a reason. You're here for yeah. a reason. And on that note, we're going to wrap it up because uh, we want to hear more from you August 31st. That's 2 to 3 Eastern. Um, uh, on the PPC radio show with DJ Kid Disco and Shelly Shell Williams and I on www.thegrownfolksradio.com. So thank you so much, Douglas, for your golly. You've been through a a lot. I really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you. It's a pressure and an honor to be here and to talk to you guys. Everyone can find a way to be active. Activism doesn't start in the streets. It starts at home. It's amazing how your life is enhanced by helping others. Douglas helps feed people. Someone else might help a grandmother across the street. The potential for activism starts with small acts. And those small acts can change the world. Well, that's it for another PPC podcast. Thank you to Douglas Rory for all he's doing for the world and for sharing his story. To hear more from him, tune in Wednesday, 2 to 3 Eastern on August 31st on the PPC Radio Show on www.thegrownfolksradio.com, Facebook, and YouTube Live. Thank you to DJ Kid Disco for beats and production. God bless you all. Until next time, that's a wrap, wrap.
Hi, this is Cinda, and I want to tell you about the PPC Radio Show. Every Wednesday from 2 to 3 Eastern, DJ Kid Disco, Shelly Shell Williams, and I sit down and talk with wonderful guests from all over the world. We talk about how to survive healing your heart and everything in between. So go to www.thegrownfolksradio.com to listen in, or you can watch us live on Facebook or YouTube. That's the PPC Radio Show from 2 to 3 Eastern. See you there.